Penn State, Ohio State, big kickoff tomorrow at Beaver Stadium. Find out how the Nittany Lions and the Buckeyes match up on today's episode. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. My name is Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me. And today we welcome on a very special guest to preview the Nittany Lions and the Buckeyes. And that is Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive lineman. Aeneas, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, first time on this show. I really appreciate it. And you have wisdom and knowledge beyond your years about this Penn State football team. So I'm sure that the listeners and the viewers will appreciate that. No doubt. Well, thank you for having me on. Obviously excited. Anytime I get to do a show with you, it'll be a good time. Yeah, so I, I teased it to open the show because this is probably the biggest game that Penn State has on its schedule. They're coming off that Michigan game. They responded against Minnesota, Minnesota, and we'll get through the entire matchup uh, between the Buckeyes, keys that you're looking for, and what have you. But uh, let's start with that recap. So these teams and teams that you have been on in the past, I think we've we've spoken you know just casually about this, but Penn State has not done well after that midseason loss, whether it's going all the way back to 2017, 2018, just last year. But the difference was those games were a little closer. This time Penn State got punched in the mouth by a Michigan team, a very good one at that, and then responded coming into the environment that they love, the whiteouts. And now they're here at 6-1, and one, number 13 in the country. Uh, so is this a different Penn State team that's adjusted from all those bad times that they've had where that loss lingers? Or was it the fact that, you know, Michigan gave them a little bit of a reality check and they had the, time, they had the chance to bounce back here? Yeah, well, you know what they say, man. You measure a man based on how they respond under adversity. And I think you can measure a team under the same type of thing. Uh, what we saw in the whiteout against Minnesota was absolutely encouraging just because of what we saw the last couple of years, like you said. Uh, I was a part of some of those teams. I've talked about that before. Um, and really, I don't think those teams were mentally strong enough to figure out ways to respond. And I think beyond just the uh, rah-rah, you know, emotional roller coaster that it takes to win, uh, it also speaks to the coaches. We saw Mike Yurcich get challenged directly after uh, the Michigan loss and we also saw Manny Diaz get challenged so we saw everybody step up big time for sure. What are your first impressions of uh, this Ohio State team Uh, just just vaguely they're number two in the country they actually the way their schedule set up they play eight home games to four away games and they've only had one so far just that one away game against Michigan State and Michigan State we've seen has taken a step back so It begins with C.J. Stroud. It begins with the fact that they expect to be in the college football playoff, win a national championship game. Uh, I talked to Jay Stevens, who does Locked on Buckeyes, and he's very confident that this Ohio State team will do very well. So playing against them, seeing them up close and personal, I know this team's different but just your first impressions of the Buckeyes. Yeah, I think everybody wants to talk about how explosive they are. When you look at that receiver room, it becomes apparent. But I think this is a complete offense led by C.J. Stroud, obviously. When you talk about Henderson, you talk about Mayon Williams. Both of those guys can run the rock and have proven they can run the rock. Uh, so I think that's number one. And I look at that defense, and it's a standard Ohio State defense in some ways. I think their defensive line, when they're playing their best ball, they're one of the top pass rushing units in the country. So really, we talk keys to the game. One of the things that you got to mention is how Penn State's offensive line holds 
holds up under that type of pressure, regardless of whether they're at home or not. Pass rush is pass rush, and it's tough to stop. So where is this Penn State team out of the whiteout, coming off of a nice win against Minnesota? Sean Clifford, James Franklin, enduring a little bit of booze. Uh, let me and, and booze in terms of jeers. Let me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to phrase that the right way. Someone can take that the wrong way no here on this show. Um, but Penn State, just the fan base isn't sold uh, on Coach Franklin. You've played under him. You've played alongside Sean Clifford. Um, Penn State's had amazing quarterbacks here as of late, and especially under James Franklin. I mean, going back to Trace McSorley and what a warrior he was. Sean Clifford is a warrior as well. Is he taking those jeers to heart? I imagine he's not, but uh, maybe you've talked to him about it, or maybe you just know him. You know, know what he's thinking. So, what is going through his mind, uh, given that the Penn State fan base just isn't wholeheartedly supporting their quarterback? Yeah, well, first of all, I think anybody, any player who tells you they don't hear the response uh, that they get in certain settings, especially at their home stadium, uh, they tell you they don't hear that. They're lying to you. Uh, That's number one. But I will say, Sean Clifford is a six-year guy. He's a vet. Uh, This isn't the first time that he's taken some, some slack from the fan base. Uh, and I, he knows how to deal with it. He knows how to figure out ways to continue to lead the team. And as long as he has a locker room with him, I don't think he's going to be too concerned with it. And Coach Franklin's more of the same. Really, you know, it's hard because the athletes and the coaches, they love the fans and they appreciate everything they do. But at the end of the day, you have to know how to operate and you have to know how to continue to push forward regardless of how they feel about you. And that's what I thought the case was. In fact, uh, maybe the jeers might have motivated Sean Clifford in a way. Um, I don't. I don't know that they can motivate James Franklin because he's just been through all of it. He's just. He's just there to coach. Whereas, you know, being a player, being on the field in the moment, you obviously know this and can attest to it. Uh, just that that drive and, and being in the whiteout and everything. Yeah. Uh, again, talking casually, the whiteout game itself. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the best environments in college football. Can you put it into perspective for us, just what it what it means to the Penn State team and how intimidating it is to an opponent? Yeah, um, you know, I told Mr. Jones this earlier on his radio show, there is no environment like the whiteout. I, as a recruit, when I heard it, you know, it was hard to believe. I'd been to AFC championships and Super Bowls, and I had taken a bunch of recruiting visits. I went and visited Death Valley, um, and I saw a lot of really, really good environments. There's something special about the whiteout, uh, and that really is a testament to the fans. The way that stadium gets rocking uh, is second to none in a lot of ways, and as a player, of course you step up in those moments. You play your best football in those moments because realistically, for a lot of guys, that's why they come to Penn State. Uh, I can name off several guys who are playing in the NFL now who could have went and played college football anywhere, and the whiteout was the deciding factor for them. So Penn State wins 45-17 to over Minnesota, uh, that black eye against Michigan, and, and here we are. By the way, this is Penn State defensive lineman, former Penn State defensive lineman, Aeneas Hawkins, joining myself, Zach Seiko, on Locked on Nittany Lions. Here we are previewing, coming, uh, encompassing everything so far before we get in directly into the Buckeyes. So before we get to that second segment where we look at matchups, keys, and everything else, where is Penn State right now? Because they're 6-1, and one, they're 13th in the country, bad loss to Michigan, but I think a motivating loss to yep. Michigan. Uh, and then you have the response you did against Minnesota. So what is the team thinking? Uh, is there just this... the past couple of weeks of practice I imagine have been really good we've seen some guys that were missing out of the lineup so just kind of in general whether that's what you know about their health what you know about just where players minds are the coaching staff 
and how they're approaching this Ohio State game because it's different year to year. Well, I can tell you right now what Coach Franklin has told that team and what he will continue to tell them is that all of their hopes and dreams and goals are still on the table right now. With one loss, you lose to a really good Michigan team, a Michigan team that very well could end up in the college football playoff. If you go beat Ohio State this weekend, everything you want to accomplish is still on the table in terms of potential playoff berth, in terms of Big Ten championship, and potentially a New Year's Six bowl game. Uh, And that's what the players are adopting, too. You know, Coach Franklin does a good job preaching uh, the six-second mentality and one and zero and having a short memory, uh, and you have to in this world because you know we kind of talked about it earlier. Sometimes fans get booing, sometimes you lose tough games, um, and if you stop there, it's easy to repeat that vicious cycle. So those guys in that in that locker room are just excited to go be able to play a team like Ohio State. These are the moments they came to Penn State for, uh, and I'm excited for it as well because you know competition is what breeds excellence, and those guys in the locker room are looking forward to it. It is Locked On Nittany Lions when we return here. He's Aeneas Hawkins. I'm Zach Seiko. We're going to break down those key matchups, how Penn State is going up against Ohio State. Head-to-head, the key players for Ohio State, the key players for Penn State. It's all next. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It is easy to get started and easy to play while you are able to watch your favorite team. Easy to play and over available in 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just the Penn State Nittany Lions, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. that's one word, Locked On. and Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 So if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. One word, locked on. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Zach Seiko of Locked On Nittany Lions. He is Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive lineman, college football player, joining me on this episode to preview the Nittany Lions and the Buckeyes in depth. We've recapped everything that you need to know about Penn State coming into this game. And Penn State should be at least stock up. Maybe not for all of the fans. Uh, we can see we can see that. Uh, maybe they're watching a different football team. But I think a good majority of this fan base knows that Penn State, ideally, we'll break this all down. But a ten and two season is not bad. A New Year's Six bowl is not bad. And Sean Clifford has performed very well to this point. Three interceptions. He was responsible for seventeen touchdowns. So there are, I think, almost. 120 plus other schools in the country would like Sean Clifford as their quarterback out of 131 FBS teams uh, that I can think of. But the Buckeyes come to town. They have not been in a true Beaver Stadium environment since 2018, which was the whiteout. They did win that game, and that one stings because I remember watching that one in person. Of course, was that were, were you on the field for that, that was one? My first whiteout experience, actually, yeah. first one. So, yeah, you were on the field for that one. Yep. I was in the stands, you know, different different type of thing. We were both so, there. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the environment was incredible, and it came down to that fourth and five play. Now, only uh, Sean Clifford, I think, is the only person that is still player anyway, coaching staff relatively intact, 
uh, remembers that game vividly, the fourth and five Miles Sanders, a questionable play call, whatever have you. Uh, the biggest thing for me was the fact that Penn State had a double-digit lead, had a two-score lead, yep. and they ended up not securing the victory at home. Then 2019, it's in favor of Ohio State. You have 2020, which was, I mean, that was hectic for everybody on the team, everybody no in doubt. college football. Uh, 2021 is back out in Columbus, and Penn State played them tough. You were on that team as well. Uh, only a nine-point deficit, and there was that big play of the fumble recovery by the defensive lineman. I know you like seeing defensive linemen score those touchdowns, but maybe not in the favor. <laughs> not not uh, that time. No, no, not that time. But it's cool to see the big guy pick up the football and run it back for six, uh, just in general, if you like college sports. Uh, but aside from that, now, Penn State is 1-7 under James Franklin against Ohio State. Just that 2016 magical win, the block field goal, some people are calling it a fluke to this point. Hey, that set the team on the right trajectory because anything can still happen. I'm comparing this season at least to the 2016 because it feels like deja vu. You have the bad loss to Michigan. That team lost 49-10 to back in 2016. Won at home against Minnesota and then beat Ohio State two weeks later. Now Ohio State's a week early this time. But it's still kind of that same setup where you can still write the ship and possibly have your eyes really set on a Big Ten championship game if all goes well. Back to Ohio State, they played one away game. This one. They have, uh, they have not played in Beaver Stadium in this kind of environment since 2018. And that was the whiteout. I think a noon game, the stripe out, it's going to be just as rocking as it would be, because it is Ohio State, no matter if Fox or ESPN, whiteout, no whiteout, uh, is going on here. I think Ohio State doesn't know how they're going to react here. So let's start with that. How much of the environment at Beaver Stadium can affect an Ohio State team, especially with not as much road experience this time around? Yeah, I think it can have a huge impact. Uh, We talk about Ohio State and the players that we have to be careful about, and the first person you mentioned is C.J. Stroud. He's a professional quarterback playing college football still. So the environment's huge because you can immediately impact him right there. It's like having a 12th man on the field, I think I I heard Coach Terry Smith say, right? So I think back to the 2016 game. Ohio State had a really good college quarterback at the time in J.T. Barrett, and the deciding factor in that game, as I see it, aside from obviously the blocked field goal, was the way Penn State's pass rush was able to affect J.T. Barrett down the line. If there is one position group, ladies and gentlemen, if there is one position group that is affected the most by positive crowd noise, it's the defensive line of the home team. It gives you energy. It's like as a D lineman, you get superpowers. You don't get tired. So if the crowd is rocking, you know, it may not be a whiteout, but like you said, with Ohio State being Ohio State, that stadium is going to be jumping. And those guys at Ohio State have not had to experience that since 2018, and most of them were in high school still. How does that affect the offensive line? Because the the noise, the communication, I don't know if Ohio State's going to be able to go. They're probably going to have to go silent count with the, the hip tap and everything. So as a defensive lineman, understanding yep. that and knowing what the offensive line has to deal with in that situation, what are the tackles thinking? How's the timing going to be? Yep. Because I think that is crucial. You bring up the defensive line, the pass rush, all the way six years later, I think is going to be an important factor here. And the offensive line, 
uh, they might be off balance because of it for the Buckeyes. Yeah, it affects them in a couple of different ways. Um, number one, again, just as a defensive lineman, when an offense has a snap count, it's like a well-oiled machine, and it feels like the offensive lineman is starting half a step, one step ahead of you every snap. Once we have to go silent count, once the crowd noise is really in effect, it puts everybody on a level playing field. Everybody's keying the ball, okay? And everybody is triggering at the same time, and it makes it tough. Another aspect of it is, as an offensive line, you have to make a lot of checks to make sure that the protection gets slid to the right places. Uh, Penn State and Manny Diaz's defenses are built for moments like this. You're going to get a lot of stunts and twists that you haven't seen before, a lot of pressures that they maybe haven't shown. We've seen a guy like Johnny Dixon be able to get home uh, based on these blitzes that may be uncanny and maybe haven't been on tape before. So all of those things should be factors in this game, uh, and they must be factors if Penn State hopes to come out with a win. Aeneas Hawkins is joining me here on Locked on Nittany Lions, former Penn State defensive lineman himself, recruited by James Franklin and played under Coach Franklin, uh, just medically retired just this past year. Uh, and now you're bringing your insight all across the media. And thank you on uh, Locked on today here, Aeneas. Uh, Penn State, we focused a lot on the Buckeyes and how the matchup's going to affect them. But how about Penn State's side of it? Uh, first, what position group are you looking at? Maybe it's Sean Clifford, the quarterback himself. I know that he needs to have a really good game. You can't afford any turnovers. Does he need to take over? Or can he be a game manager in this situation based on how these two teams, how talented both these teams are? Yeah, I actually, man, obviously Sean Clifford needs to play well. The quarterback of your football team has to step up in moments like these. But I don't think that he needs to do anything that he hasn't done before. I really think the deciding factor is going to be the offensive line and how they hold up against Ohio State's pass rush. And then also whether or not Penn State's wide receivers can create separation and stretch the field in some ways, whether that's off of play action or just shotgun drop back and throwing the ball around, they have to find ways to stretch the field because that's the only way I see Penn State being able to run the ball effectively and consistently. If you want to beat a team like Ohio State, you have to find ways to produce consistent offense, get in third and shorts, and if you don't convert on third down, then you have to find ways to be able to move the field enough to go punt it and flip the field. If you give C.J. Stroud a short field, it's going to be tough to stop him. Uh, so no, I don't think Sean Clifford has to do anything he hasn't. Take care of the football. Offensive line protect the receivers. Go win your one-on-one match We've seen Penn State, aside from Purdue, uh, where the running game, if it's been limited, Penn State's had a hard time going because we saw Singleton and Allen uh, struggle against Michigan uh, when they had great games against the likes of Ohio, against Central Michigan. And I know those are different types of opponents, don't get me wrong. Uh, But Auburn, for example, when the ground game was working, it was easy moving the football up and down the field. You could do so much more. So do you anticipate that Ohio State is selling out for Singleton, Allen, and this Penn State running game to force them into passing? Yeah, I would anticipate early that you would see a lot of that. Um, I think they have to do it because they know if they can make a Penn State offense one-dimensional, it's going to be tough for them to beat them. So I'm looking for Coach Franklin and Mike Yersich to have plans to work off of that. I think this is a great game where you might see some trick plays come out. You might see some things that you haven't seen out of Penn State's offense before because, again, you have to find ways to keep in a – a high-level defense, full of talent all across the board, you have to find a way to keep them on their heels. It's a very good point. Uh, this is Locked on Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive lineman, joining me uh, for Penn State. Uh, the matter, it there's... I, I don't know that you shut anybody down, really. You can only limit Ohio State being the number two team in the country. The pro prospects, uh, C.J. Stroud, could be a number one overall pick 
uh, for the for the NFL draft next year. Uh, you could I, on the flip side of that, hey, Joey Porter Jr. could be uh, a top ten pick. Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, that counterpart could be a top ten pick here. So what it, for Ohio State? I would say. Are you looking to attack the Penn State defense in any way? Because I think the even though it's the toughest test, I mean, Penn State's secondary is still top five in the country, may, might even be the best, and this is Ohio State's toughest test. So do the Buckeyes want to run the ball first and establish the ground game, or do they want to try to spread out the Penn State defense and actually challenge and see what the secondary is made of? Yeah, I think you'll see a mix of both, um, but I would absolutely anticipate that Ohio State is going to check and see if they can run the ball at will, and I anticipate that they'll check and see those things early. Uh, you look back at the Michigan game. Uh, that's the danger of the Michigan game, in my opinion, is that it puts a blueprint out uh, to other teams across the country for ways that you can be beat on a bad day. Uh, I don't see Penn State's defense getting run through like that again, um, but again, Ohio State's going to check, and then you know if they're able to do that, it limits what you can help your what is an elite secondary, how much you can help them with other players. Um, Another thing I'd say to look out for with Ohio State, because Penn State's corners and safeties do match up pretty much just just as good as you can match right. up with Ohio State's receivers. I anticipate to see them use their backs in the passing game. Uh, we haven't seen Penn State's linebackers cover at the highest level this year, uh, and I think that may be an area they try to they try to exploit. How does Penn State adjust to all of this? I mean, defensively, Ohio State has that luxury, whereas and, and kind of similar to Michigan. Now, Michigan's more that ground and pound, but. Ohio State can run the ball effectively. I don't expect them to go that Michigan formation, a fullback, and then hand it off out of the eye. Uh, But I also do expect them to have that balance where Penn State, unlike against a Minnesota, they were able to sell out, right? You were able to sell out for the run. You you weren't challenged by the pass, and you dared them to throw it. You can't dare Ohio State to do anything. They basically pick and choose, and you have to adjust. So is there something that Penn State is keening on? I know pass rush, getting pressure, using the noise to your advantage – but is it stopping the passing game or is it stopping the run game first for Penn State defensively? Well, I think you're you're getting on the right path when you say Ohio State has typically gotten to pick and choose uh, and set their own tempo with how they run their offense. I think if you want to stop them at least as much as possible, you have to find ways to get them off schedule. Um, I know I talk about pass rush, but you may see some more blitzes get dialed up. I know it's scary with the receivers Ohio State has, yeah. but at some point – Penn State is going to have to take some risks to get get them behind the sticks so they can effectively slow this offense down. And then even more importantly, if you're not blitzing, you got to show us ways that you can stop the run. Because if they don't show Ohio State that, then Ohio State's playbook is never going to get limited. Uh, without their playbook being limited, it's, not, it's going to be so difficult to slow them down. Locked on Nittany Lions, a special episode because I welcome on special guest Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive lineman. I am Zach Seiko. In our final segment, we're going to make our predictions, key matchups that we're looking for, some head-to-head matchups, and how this game will result. Plus, the 2023 schedule came out. Aeneas, I briefly, I want to get your thoughts to wrap up this episode about that and how Penn State will go into I know, we're already looking ahead. We're thinking Again. Buckeyes, and then we're also thinking about that 2023 football schedule. It's Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
My name is Zach Seiko. I am your host of Locked on Nittany Lions with special guest Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive lineman. Aeneas, it is truly a privilege to welcome you on this episode, and hopefully we can do more after this. And I think it's since it's a special game, I wanted to get that insight, that knowledge from a former player, someone who's been around football uh, your entire life. So your reputation, a reputation precedes you, and I hope the listeners and the viewers understand that as well. I certainly do. Prediction time. Uh, first, the head-to-head matchups that will make or break the game. And I'm talking, that when I look at an X-Factor, I think their performance, whether it's good or bad, dictates the outcome of the game. So I don't want people to get uh, misinformed by, well, an X-Factor means that they're going to do well. No, being an X-Factor, that means that your performance does dictate the game for better or for worse. Uh, for Penn State, what's that matchup or what's that uh, individual player that you're looking at first? So let's go on the offense. Yeah, on Penn State's, Penn State's offensive side, I think it's their offensive line versus Ohio State's defensive line. Okay. Um, I actually do think that Penn State's O-line matches up better than they have in the past. Uh, I think about guys like Juice Scruggs and Salim Wormley who've played high-level football. And then obviously Olu, who people are saying may be a top 10, top 15 pick in this year's draft uh, if he ch- chooses to leave Penn State. Right. Um, so I think there are ways that they can win there. Uh, and if they're not winning, at least at least hold up a little bit more than what they have in the past. Um, and I think it's going to be critical to whatever they want to do uh, in terms of winning this ball game. I'm going to go with. I, I mean, I think Penn State's running game. So maybe that factors into the offensive line there uh, because they need to get some push on the ball. Because we've seen when Penn State has the balance, when they have the play action, uh, it allows the wide receivers to get open. It allows the tight ends to get in the fold. And I think that's why they showed a heavy dose of Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren to say to Ohio State, okay, now you got to factor in for something else. Yep. Uh, maybe it would have been strategic to hide it, but I also think you put it on tape, you get them sweating a little bit uh, just thinking about it. But I think it starts with Singleton and Allen because it's been that yin and yang. When they are able to run the ball effectively, when they are able to hit the home run between the two of them, I mean, everyone said it that has paid attention this far. They have changed the entire dynamic of the offense. I'm not saying it is all on their shoulders like Singleton and Allen, but If they have a good game, that really keeps Penn State right in the thick of this. And just a reminder, I don't think I've mentioned it yet. Penn State uh, is a at least a two touchdown uh, underdog in most places, uh, 15 and a half or so uh, in others. But at the end of the day, it's a two touchdown plus deficit for Penn State, according to the books, according to people making these predictions Uh, defensively for Penn State. What matchup are you looking at? Yeah, uh, to me, I've been looking forward to this all week. I keep saying it. I cannot wait to watch Joey Porter Jr. and Kalen King uh, match up with Ohio State's receivers. I think if Penn State's defense, if their corners can match up with these receivers one-on-one and show that early, uh, I'm not saying they have to win every single battle, but if they can really limit those receivers, I think it completely changes the dynamic of the game. Um, Obviously, it's going to slow down Ohio State's scoring, and I think that benefits Penn State for sure. For me, it's the front seven, and I yep. and I'm gonna. It's just to be a little different here because I agree. I, I don't think there's any way to limit Ohio State's wide receivers, and I hope fans are are ready for that. Joey Porter Jr. and Kalen King and Johnny Dixon, as great as they are, they are gonna lose a rep no here or there against these guys, and that's you see that in the NFL. That's what makes a great battle. Yep. So Joey Porter Jr. against a, a Marvin Harrison Jr. or a Jackson Smith and Jigba, depending on his availability, like. He's going to win a rep, and then the other guy's going to win a rep. So that back-and-forth battle is as advertised, as you mentioned. i got to go with the front seven, because if Ohio State can establish the run, play with the lead like Michigan did, it's on tape. The blueprint's there. 
And Penn State's got to find a way to limit a Mayan Williams. I know Travion Henderson's not 100%, even though he is the better back, but Williams, at least right now, is this year. I can't believe I'm saying that because Henderson will be a, a first-round pick before we know it uh, the year after or whatever his eligibility is. But yep. if you can limit the running game, if you can get pressure after C.J. Stroud, then that keeps Penn State uh, in the thick of this, really. Um it's just it's easier said than done. No doubt know? about it. Uh, and I, I hope that Penn State can contend and make this interesting because I think two touchdowns is a little disrespectful, but I also think it's because of how good Ohio State is. And Penn State always plays them tough here. So even though the spread is what it is, Aeneas, I'll let you go first and field this. Your your final score prediction and, and how the outcome will come about. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, this is not going to be the standard of what you'll see on other programmings, um, but I like Penn State to win 42-35, to 35, and I think their oh. defense scores a touchdown. Okay, they I think need the, to. The defense is going to have to score for them to win this game. The special teams are going to have to execute at a high level, maybe even make a play there. But I really do think Penn State's offensive line matches up better with the defensive line than people realize. And I think, like you said, if the front seven plays good football, then the corners will win enough of their matchups to keep it close. I like Penn State to find a way. Remember I said it here first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and and I wish I could agree. I'm gonna go Ohio State here, 37 to 27, because I, I just don't. the The defense is so much better from for Ohio State, from what I've gathered. Jim Knowles and the way that he's made everybody better on that defensive front for Ohio State. It's just tough for me to say, okay, how can Penn State outscore? this offense and I'm not saying there's going to be any bad mistakes it's just going to be you know you're going to trade punches and I think just Ohio State gets that one extra punch because I, I don't think points will be a problem for for either team I think I you're know. also going to see things that you haven't seen all season there's a Buckeyes playbook no and doubt. it's going to be completely different from everything that we've seen thus far and if Manny Diaz is able to win the head-to-head coaching battle because I think that's what it comes down to maybe some zone blitzes or something that yep. we just haven't seen to confuse CJ Stroud uh that's where it lies and if that's the case that's how Penn State can win I just I I don't know that I necessarily see it happening the way Ohio State can adjust uh and I hope I'm wrong cuz usually I like to give the uh the homer answer in here and say <laughs> Penn State by you know 20 points here uh, it it's just it's difficult for me here. No Even the Beaver Stadium helps. Um, that win over Minnesota helps, but just I don't know if it does enough. Uh, Aeneas, before I let you go, and I want to thank you for your time. Uh, just real quickly here, the 2023 schedule. They open up with West Virginia on Saturday, September 2nd, that Labor Day weekend. Uh, they have Michigan. In November, November 11th, they finish the season, as always, with Rutgers and Michigan State at the end of the year. Ohio State is on the road next year. Uh, And interestingly enough, Penn State is opening Big Ten play on the road for it's the eighth consecutive season. It is the 13th out of 14 seasons. Uh, The last time they did that was 2015 against Rutgers, and that was a non-conference game originally before Rutgers moved into the Big Ten and this is where we are. So, uh, your your quickly your thoughts because I'm going to devote segments and episodes to this uh, most likely next week here. But your thoughts on seeing that schedule favorable, unfavorable, uh, exciting, interesting. 
What do you say? Yeah, I, I think it could be exciting. Um, I'm excited to watch the West Virginia matchup to open the year. Uh, I think that's an entertaining game. Uh, it's different than what we've seen in the past. Uh, it's definitely a game that, as an alum and letterman, that I'm looking forward to watching. Um, but then, I again, I hate to see Penn State having to continuously open up on the road in Big Ten play. I think it's a game they'll be fine in. Uh, you would hope that they'd be fine in, but it's always a challenge uh, to have to open up that way. But again... You talk about Michigan in November. Uh, I, I kind of like it because, again, not only are we measuring who the better football team is, but at that point we're measuring who the healthiest is. Uh, and that could level the playing fields in certain ways itself. Late season implications, definitely, because I think both teams will be in the thick of it. And yeah. I only think Penn State gets better with the rooting, recruiting classes they continue to stack no here. Doubt. Um, your your thoughts on just again briefly your thoughts on Iowa being the whiteout game in week four and Illinois at Illinois is week three where Penn State opens up Big Ten play on the road because Michigan in November I, I've shared with listeners that Penn State will not do a whiteout game in November just because of what the weather implications could be so yep. Iowa being that whiteout game is that acceptable to you uh, to me it's exciting uh, I think back to last year I still have a foul taste in my mouth from from having to visit Iowa Stadium last year yeah. and you know I, I remember them all wearing gold or yellow or whatever ugly color they were wearing so it's exciting <laughs> that they get to come into a whiteout and experience that environment uh, experience our fans uh, doing it the right way. Um, so I, I think it's acceptable. I, I'm good with it. All right. Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive lineman, joining me on this edition of Locked on Nittany Lions. Again, I am your host, Zach Seiko. Aeneas, how can people connect with you on social media or online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Aeneas Hawkins, and you can find me on TikTok on the same thing. I'm just talking football on TikTok, talking shop, making some jokes. So go find me there. Yeah, I, I appreciate your content. Love your inside analysis. You like Penn State in this one. I like Ohio State, unfortunately. Well, I don't like Ohio State, but I <laughs> I think Let's reword that. <laughs> yeah, I think I. I unfortunately think they will win. And I'll recap this one all on Monday here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.